Welcome back to Fraggling with Serafina. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. Excellent. I just had to get the Anchor app to get this to work, but now it is working. Great. Because I am renowned for my terrible audio on my podcast. So welcome to the terrible audio podcast. (laughs) Hello. Hello, everyone. This is my friend, Nimue. And today, what are we going to be talking about, Nimue? Oh, my gosh. There's so many things we could talk about. Um... I would love to talk about health and maybe if you're comfortable, like maybe get into the Fae a little bit. And also mm-hmm. um, I had some like crazy Atlantean download stuff that hit me cool. over the past couple of days. Yeah. So those could be fun topics. Yeah. 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 Let's just leave it open and see where we roam. I love that. I love this journey for us. Yes. Because, you know, um, my my last few guests, we started off in one place and we ended up, woo! So, <laughs> we call fraggling, right? Yes. <laughs> ah, I'm, so, e- I'm even wearing my uh, fraggle pigtails in honor of this podcast. Oh, yay! Yay! Because, <laughs> you know, my nickname is Red Fraggle. I love that. Red was always one of my favorites when I was watching the Fraggles as a kid. Her energy is just like like goals for me. I aspire to be like Red. I aspire to be like Red because I don't think I'm 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 Fraggly enough. I don't think I'm Red Fraggly enough. I'm kind of I do have my Wembley moments. You know, I can seriously Wemble. Everybody should learn how to like have like a good wimble in the same way that I feel like everybody needs to learn how to have a good frolic. Like, I think they're similar vibes. Like maybe we need to have, oh my gosh, if I ever start a podcast, I'm going to call it wimble and frolic. And I'm going to have you as the first guest uh, to honor this moment of inspiration I'm having. You keep having these ideas for great podcasts and you don't start it. Well, I will say that this forced me to download the Anchor app on my phone. So I am now one step closer to Yay! manifesting this as a reality. So I, I feel like this is what I needed to actually like get off my bum and uh, make this actually happen. I'm just really struggling with like, because I'm, I'm, in the way that our conversation I'm sure is going to go on this podcast, I am all over the place and I'm trying to think of like, you know, what's it going to be about though? Cause I have a lot of stories I want to get out there, but I also want to interview a lot of people because there's so many incredibly interesting people in the community. And um, sometimes I just want to shoot the shit. There's going to be times I just want to like go off about social justice stuff. So it's, it's like, I have to, my ADD is making this like harder than I feel like it should be. Have you heard, have you been listening to my podcasts? It's all over the place. And I love your podcast. I absolutely, this is like one of my favorite podcasts out of all the podcasts. It has been hard going 
because I have been having serious anxiety. I think interviewing people and talking to people has made it less so. And because of, I'm a few episodes in, but my first few, I felt sick and I held on to the recordings and I didn't want to release it. And I certainly didn't listen to it again um, to realize how terrible the audio actually was because if I, <laughs> if I did, I probably wouldn't have released it. So I think, um, I think it is a perfect uh, exercise in vulnerability and in getting over your own imposter syndrome. I agree. And it's always interesting when um, I talk to people who produce content like this and find out that they have these bouts with anxiety, because when I've listened to your podcast, all I'm like just transported into kind of an imaginal space. Like your storytelling is just so beautiful and relatable and intriguing. And I always feel like I learn something. So it certainly, if like there is that anxiety that you're feeling, it does not translate into the content you put out. It's just, it's, it feels so, um, it feels magical what you're doing. And I feel that way about a couple of other podcasters too, who have the ability to really, I think, heal reality and heal the collective through their words and through the things that they're offering um, from that place of vulnerability. So I just want to say thank you for uh, what I've been able to get out of this. Oh, that's nice because those stories were specifically chosen for specific reasons because I was dealing with those type of themes at that time. Like, um, you know, the, well, the launch of my name and different things that Kate was that was coming up at the time, I decided to tell a story from my life around that theme. It was like, I feel like I always find these things too at the right time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these, I think you're somebody who's definitely a macro, like you ride the vibration of a very large number of the collective, whether they're local to you or not. And so it's awesome to hear it's, it's channeling in a certain way. Like you're pulling information in relating it to your own experience, but your own experience is like an anchor Mm -hmm. for other people within the collective. And then hearing that reflected out, it's just a really wonderful way to start contemplating. Like contemplation has been my, my jam for a really long time. I just didn't have a a word for it um, up until I started reading the gene keys recently, which gets really into that. Right. And con- contemplation is like a lost art form, I think. We we tend to conflate it with overthinking or not being in the present moment, but true contemplation can actually pull you directly into the moment, I think. And I'm not like a meditation or contemplation expert, so somebody might correct me and I welcome that. Because I don't think that contemplation is really drilling down. I feel like contemplation is really opening yourself up. I agree. It's being receptive. It's it's allowing um, information to be sort of processed. You're inviting more information to. It's like it's like building a fire. It's stoking a fire and keeping it burning. Right. So, what have you been contemplating? Uh, let's say since the beginning of this month, this year has been so insane, and I feel like each <laughs> each week offers us a new challenge. But how has your December been? Uh, it has been alarming 
uh, because I have been basically getting ready for my new mandate. Basically, my oh, new mandate, my, and that's what it is. It's not, I, I could say my new life, I could say new things to do, I could say my new business or my new skill. It's a new mandate. And December has been about clearing up all the stuff that I started in November last year. So it's basically taking stock of everything that I have, dividing it up into things that are mine and are not mine, giving back what's not mine, and taking back what I gave away, which was always mine. And clearing out all I the love junk that. in between. <laughs> all the junk in between. Basically setting myself up for a whole new world. I love that. It's like instead of spring cleaning, it's like sol- winter solstice cleaning. And this is, it's interesting too, the way you describe it, it makes me think of how the whole I guess it's, it's <laughs> it feels like, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. This happens all the time. But this idea of kind of like, not quite resurrection, it feels like resurrection, but not entirely, I feel like is really important and potent this time of year. Like I know this is for those who celebrate Christmas, it's more about like the birth of Christ consciousness and the birth of energy. But there, even that birth is a kind of resurrection of sorts because nothing comes from nothing. Like nothing comes from a void. Mm-hmm. It's already, it's just taking energy that was and turning it into something new. So I like how you're embodying that. That's really, really cool. And a really good way to um, shed the shit, like just shed the density, the stuff that mm-hmm. you don't need anymore. I feel like this planet is um, on a upward spiral course and this heavy stuff we've been carrying, whether it's in the form of, you know, our own shadows or karma, things are just dropping left and right. Like sometimes it just feels like bricks are dropping off my body and it's really alarming (laughs) because it happens sort of suddenly sometimes. It is. And recalibrating when you don't have that weight to carry around anymore can be really disorienting ultimately it's for the best it is and it is a real um exercise i think in i wanted to say trust but i think faith is better Uh, and faith not in the way that you're putting your um your trust in something outside of yourself it is really in putting trusting in yourself completely totally trusting and having faith in yourself because it's walking it's it it really is walking through mist absolutely and And it it, it requires walking through mist um requires that there is something else besides mist you know and just having that faith in yourself that you will that there's an end there is a pathway there is there's a it's I, I hate going into these kind of tropes like there's a process and there's a reason 
you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And and again, putting the responsibility on outside of yourself. It is basically, because it's not that, it is really an exercise in faith in yourself that you can get your shit done, that you can, you've got this, that you can do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, this is also something I've been learning from the Gene Keys. Jessa Reed got me hooked on this book. I like read a little chapter out of it every day mm-hmm. just to kind of get my brain juices going. And I think, I want to say it's the 55th, it's either the 22nd or the 55th Gene Key talks about victimization and how when we externalize the things that happen to us or externalize the reasons for things that happen to us, we sort of perpetuate this narrative that we're always victims like things happen to us the world happens to us things happen because of this and because of this and that's not to gaslight out of situations that are beyond our control it's more the mindset of like surrendering to forces outside of yourself and then you can easily kind of bypass your own work and blame external circumstances for the things that happen to you on a regular basis Mm -hmm. so i think what you're saying about faith and trusting yourself is also sort of subverting that victimization narrative instead of of saying oh well it's foggy and it's because of the fog that i can't see and it's because of this and my and everything is always this always happens to me it's being like okay there's some fog cool let's put one foot in front of the other Let's take, uh, I, I, you know, I've walked in fog before. Let's take these steps. And, you know, what happened the last time I was walking in fog? There, there are ways to sort of reclaim your power mm-hmm. uh, that come from that place of faith and that place of de-victim- de-victimization. Yeah, that's the word. It's a word now. It's a word. I make up words all the time. It's a word. De-victimization. <laughs> Unvictimization. Non-victimization. not being victimized so weather report wise i also wanted to ask you i messaged you the other day about this but i didn't like really get into the intention of what like i was like hey how's it going and i i meant to follow up with being like it feels like the atlantean wound has been really poked at this past week and wanted to check in and see how you're feeling with that shit because (laughs) my atlantean wound right oh it's all over the place right now it showed up for me today really unexpectedly like i was hearing a couple people in the community talk about it um, someone was like, yeah, if you start feeling squirrely emotionally, this is going on. And I was like, I'm fine. And then today I woke up and just immediately had a panic attack. Like it took very little stimulus. And I haven't had a, an anxiety attack in quite a while. And I realized that my abandonment wounds were just like in full force today. Wow. Just really like the fear of not being seen, the fear of not being heard, the fear of being left behind, the fear of being overlooked. And I was like, Whoa, but that's my brain. Atlantean wound, remember, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> my, I'm the other side. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm the one that's told the that I, shit. <laughs> so how are you doing with, with that transmuting and that that karma? Like how how has that been looking for you, um looking like for you? Um getting over my guilt for being the the um the, the the evil one the bad one the the 
um, looking at my monsters. Well, mm -hmm. all the monsters are, are coming up. Let's put it that way. I've been exercising, exorcising um, my monsters from uh, the closet, basically, because I've hidden them all away. I hid them all away because I didn't want to look at them. And so I have been getting in bed with my monsters. That's what it's being like. Are your, mo are, are your monsters any good in bed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> what bed sex? What's that? I don't know what that is. I, I, haven't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh my gosh, did I not tell you this story about how um it was a month ago maybe time what is time? Oh, I don't about, know what time the, is. about the 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 god sex? Yes! I had god sex. You had god sex. I had sex. god sex and it was amazing. It I, was I'm still reeling from the idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was so random too like I don't even know how it started but like it was I think I was trying to be ritualistically in touch with myself mm -hmm. and like literally emotionally spiritually and that somehow created a portal in which the god first it was the god pan and I know it was pan because of the whole he had big old horns big old beard and was just like into it and I was like oh, oh my god if you oh, see my face oh. and my head I'm oh my shaking goodness. my head right now I'm just shaking my head oh my god <laughs> that happened and then he disappears and um Vish Lord Vishnu comes in in, Krish in his Krishna avatar and that was why like, it was beautiful I didn't know could I I don't know if I blew up <laughs> a thread about that. I can't remember who I, I think it was, it was in the horror pod. I made a comment about that. I was like, what the hell this can happen. This was great. It hasn't happened since, but I also haven't like sought it out. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's something new year's gift. I'll give you have me laughing scandalously. Oh my God. Everybody get you a God orgy. I, I cannot say enough about it. They are, they are there and willing. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this for all of my 30 listeners that I have, because I have a dedicated audience of 30 people. Um, <laughs> I am extremely sexually repressed. Extreme, I wouldn't say extreme. I am sexually repressed. I am a sexually repressed being. The idea of having God sex... Um, There is no idea of me having God sex, <laughs> which is probably why I'm not having sex. I haven't had sex for a really long, really, really, really long time because I am sexually repressed. I think that's probably I am too these days. What's going to happen to you? I feel like when the pandemic, like when things are sort of eased, have eased off a little bit. There's just going to be like, the, especially for macros. Can you imagine what we're going to be macroing when people start dating oh, all over no. the place again? It's going to be a oh, mess. No, oh, I'm going to be. I'm, it's going to be a mess. I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be horny all the time. All the all time. The time. <laughs> all the time. You know what? Right? For years, right? Um. 
I had this ex-boyfriend <laughs> and his he he was a bit of a horny devil, right? Because his his mother, she's an old Chinese lady, and she knew what her son was like. So you know what she told me? She told me that I should medicate him by putting marjoram in his food. And marjoram will kill his extract. <laughs> Self-medicate with marjoram. Right? And when I want to rev it back up, combine cayenne pepper, ginger, and garlic. I don't know about him, but it definitely worked on me. I have been self-medicating <laughs> on marjoram for years. So much so, it completely killed off my sex life. Like, dead. Dead, 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 dead. Dead. I wish I had known that when I was dating my twin flame who had like absolutely no control over his sex drive. I would have put that shit in his smoothie every morning. It works. I'm telling you. Marjoram? Yeah. Yeah. The 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 mojo goes. It certainly dampens <laughs> it down for a while. And then, you know, after consistent treatment, dead. And you need some serious work to get it back up again. Trust me. Wow. Good to know. Oh, I, need to, I really need to I learn know, I know. more about she this. Was, she was a godsend. That was my husband's mom. <laughs> she was a godsend. She really was. Absolutely. You knew what a horny devil her, <laughs> her son was. It's so funny. Like, I was um, somebody who's, I've known by people who have known me as somebody who's been very sexually uh, tuned mm-hmm. in for a very, very long time. And it's only been in the past like year or so. There was a solid six months where I thought I was uh, becoming asexual. And I was actually, believe it or not, relieved because I was like, oh my God, this is going to just free up so much, so much space in my brain, so much space emotionally. Like, this is actually great. Uh, it caused a little bit of an identity crisis for a while, but that that did not stay. Uh, I, it comes in waves with me now, which is kind of nice because it used to just be perpetual mm-hmm. and it would just take up so much of my bandwidth. Um, and I think being in quarantine has really helped me like not be too worried about it. Like I, I only in the past like couple of days thought about getting a dating app again, but then I just remember how gross they are they and are. how gross dating is. They're just like, they I don't are. want it. I don't they want are. It. I tried Tinder. I tried Tinder because my friends got really tired of me saying no all the time to dates. And so they threw a party, uh, a Tinder party and they set up my app and, and everything. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a scream. It was really helpful though. I made some really nice friends. <laughs> on Tinder. I made some really nice friends. <laughs> And, you know, I improved my communication skills, which is great. I can text a lot faster. And um, and I found a really <laughs> great burger delivery man. Like, those are the best burgers I've ever had. Tinder worked for me. I'm telling you, those are the best burgers. Seriously. So it worked out. Oh, now I want a burger. It worked out. I want a Tinder burger. <laughs> That sounds delicious. I'll send you his number. Yes. Tinder basically just taught me that my standards are a lot higher than I thought they are, which is fine. It also taught me because like I started noticing patterns when guys would respond to me, just the the kinds of 
tactics mm-hmm. that that I obviously I know about but when you start seeing them especially if more than one guy is like messaging you you're just like oh my god it's it's not even gross to me anymore it's boring like so it's just bo- it's oh, not boring. nothing it, it, it almost feels and I'm like are these bots or am I getting catfished and no these are actual dudes who just don't know how to have a but conversation I think I'm one um, I really do if, if, if anything Tinder has taught me is that I am a dude I am such a dude I really am. I, you know what, you know, okay, so I really needed help. Thank God I have friends who take pity on me because I really needed help because they had to set up my whole profile. And you know what it is I thought was catchy? Putting in, I'm a plumber. I fix pipes. I actually did that. I said how I'm a plumber and I fix pipes. You know what kind of responses I got with regards to pipes? Lord. (laughs) <laughs> they're probably the responses that are immediate like as soon as you said that i was like oh 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 i have so many bad yeah jokes about yeah that. that's so exactly bad- what i got yeah. I, exactly so i came up with so I, they had to scrap that um because i was seriously getting weirdos then um and no i got weirdos right through but you know the the burger guy is kind of okay he's all right um <laughs> but then we went for okay you know, I'm a winged magical creature. And then the real weirdos came out. Oh my God. <laughs> they wanted to guess what kind of wings I had, what kind of creature it was. It was a what? Oh my God. It was just like, and I was like, dude. I, I think I want to try that though. I, because in my Tinder profile, I, I'm a little bit. Like, I kind of keep my woo a little bit hidden. Like, I think if you see any pictures of me, you can kind of guess that that I'm not your average mm-hmm. Jill. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and I, I do let people know, like, I'm queer. I'm non-binary. I am very into social justice. These are things that really matter to me. But I don't really, I haven't, I think, ever put my profile. By the way, I'm a changeling that can grow horns and wings at will. Uh, what you gonna do with that information? Like, uh, you I feel like that's just a great. It is a good conversation starter. Get all kinds of responses on that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna try it. I will screen cap you. Yeah, definitely, what happens? Definitely, definitely, definitely. That's so much less boring than my usual. It was a hinge was the last one I used. I wish I could and do it sucks. I wish I could do the boring thing because I really scare them off. And I think that that's probably, if I'm honest, that's kind of the purpose. Like frighten them away. <laughs> I think I, if I'm really honest, I, mean, I really think I want to scare the shit out of them so that they run away. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that it's it's a test of character and again like it's it's okay to have high standards like you're a Virgo so your standards are probably even higher than mine like I have four Scorpio placements my moon's in Virgo so I'm a little picky but the thing is like when I find what I like I am like in it in it just like oh my like I will become and I it it's a very certain amount of ingredients cheekbones for whatever reason are a necessity like they have to have cheekbones they have to kind of look like vampires yeah they have to look like vampires they have to look a little evil I actually found out that my dating style I am attracted to fucking demons (laughs) legitimately 
<laughs> this if is they not have where fangs, I thought this I'm episode done. was gonna go. <laughs> Me neither. I'm this is it. great. <laughs> Demons, um, vampires. My last long-term partner was a fucking demon and i say that legitimately like i figured this out with my um my intuitive counselor mm-hmm. julie and i had never told anybody this i i never told anybody my suspicions about the kind of energy that lived in this person that i was with for six years and she called it out she was like oh my god nim you were with a demon like that he was a legit demon and as soon as she said that i just like i almost started crying because i'm like i don't think i could have ever told anybody else that this was true i saw it on his face the first night we were together saw it on his face i read it crystal clear it was almost like his his glamour like dipped and i was like okay and i was fine with it apparently it has to do with the fact that I'm connected deeply to Persephone, who spends half the year in right. the hell realm and half the year in the realm of light, in the realm of, of nourishment and growth. So that's something I'm going to be investigating um, going into the new because year is like what my, how I relate to those husband, energies. Um, Hades? The Lord of Hell. The Lord of Hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like dreadlocks and Asian dudes, okay? <laughs> Ooh, I like those too. And I, there are so many gorgeous people too. And like, since I moved to San Diego, it, it's because there's mm-hmm. surfers everywhere, and I'm really, really, really attracted to surfers. And I can't find one with a brain. I can't find one with a brain, Serafina. If he's got a surface body, <laughs> why do you need a brain? Because if he has a brain, then they'll talk. Ooh, I said it. Don't listen to me, folks. Don't listen to me, guys. You know, we're, we're just talking shit here, okay? That's okay. But I do mean that. But, <laughs> but I don't mean it really. But <laughs> you totally do. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Have your God I sex, feel like right? this just is giving me more. And, you know, oh, yeah. and, and I should have, just stick with that. Have your stick God with sex. Let them talk to you and do all that kind of stuff. Get your surfer dirt, dude. You know, just like, don't talk. Yeah. Surfer dirt. Surfer dirt. Surfer dirt. <laughs> just, you know, you don't have to talk, sweetie. It's okay. Okay. Don't need anything. Uh, let your abs do the talking, please. Your abs sing in perfect harmony. It's all I need to hear. <laughs> Oh God, I'm a mess. We're what? We're we're amazing. We're awesome. Championing yeah, humanity right now. Absolutely, I'm there with you. I am so there with you. So there with you. This is me who runs away from uh, everybody, like all the dudes, all the time, mm-hmm. all the all the things, all the time. Is it specifically? dudes that you run from or is it like a certain kind of connection that you're kind of just like ugh um, no I run from everything I run from dudes I run from women I run from people I, 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 I'm, I am mm. the um, dismissive avoidant dismissive avoidant I still need to learn what my, I probably will learn the next time I'm in a partnership because I haven't been partnered in almost two years now, which has been amazing. I've been someone who 
has been perpetually in relationships since mm-hmm. I was young. Like, I mean, I was, I had boyfriends in middle school and then state, you know, I was always, always partnered, always in relationships. Oh, I know I'm codependent. Like that's mm-hmm. 100% clear. And I don't want that. And I also feel that mother wound really strongly, like that need to feel really seen that and um, the need to want to engulf an energy if it tries. I think that's, that's, um, I go for avoidance and I'm not sure what the opposite is. Like I, I, I chase after people who push themselves a little bit further away from me. And that's something I would love to change. I just, it's not Um, something I'm a fan of. I have in relationships flipped to, um, from being dismissive avoidant to being uh, anxious attached, preoccupied. I have totally anxious, that's, that's me. Anxious I have attached. totally flipped in relationships. I have, um, and it, the couple of times that I've done that, I have been so disgusted with myself that the moment I feel myself going in that, that, that direction, I totally like flip back into dismissive avoidant because the idea of me being um anxious preoccupied is sickening and that's kind of like the virgo shadow is anxious mm-hmm. occupied too so i wonder if that's not why because i know your your virgo is like super pronounced mm-hmm I love Virgo energy, though. I feel like Virgos are highly, highly misunderstood. Uh, some of my favorite people in the world have been Virgos. I have Virgo in my chart, so maybe that's what gives me kind of like an insider understanding of that energy. It's in my it's my moon in my first house, too. So that's my realm. My emotional realm is based off of that Virgos energy. Virgos want to help. And always. They always mm-hmm. want to fix things. It is really, it is... Um, a sign of service. A sign of service and a sign of purity. And I think purity gets really misunderstood also. But I feel like that need to kind of push away, like I'm an, I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I have my, my risings in Leo. So it's, I think people look at me and they assume that I'm kind of like, a party goer. I'm a social butterfly. I, I do love to talk with people mm-hmm. that I feel close to, but for the most part, like night, if, unless I'm partnered, I spend 90% of my time alone. Not because I'm like, oh, fuck the world. I mean, there's some of that. Let's be real. But it has to do with keeping my energy fields very balanced. Like Virgos need that purity. Mm-hmm. They need that resonance to, to function highly because what they... Uh, I don't want to use the word produce because that sounds so capitalistic, but what they're able to make and create when they are in their highest vibration is just pure spiritual medicine. Yeah. 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 I think it also helps like, um, like a, a Virgo and their like highest state. I think just by if like one stands next to me and they're channeling that energy, I just feel a little bit safer. I feel mm-hmm. a little bit more understood. They're able to perceive things in a very detailed and meticulous way that also honors the um, complexity of whatever it is that they're looking at. And I think it's just an invitation. Like Virgo is an invitation to look closer. Right. And I really, really love that. Interesting. I've never, I've never heard Virgo um, explained like that. So maybe that's why we blow shit up. 
<laughs> we do you we virgo blow shit up if there's anybody okay so you know scorpios get a bad rap i think they get a bad rap you know they have the temper and you know they go really dark and all that stuff but virgos are cold and calculated and meticulous and they always want world domination that is like the master plan in a virgo world domination take over the world blow shit up virgos make incredible <laughs> psychopaths <laughs> they do they do so coming back to the whole atlantis thing they wear that's it why really we blow well. shit up <laughs> I wonder if you were a Virgo in that incarnation too. I, I still am, don't really I am like remember because I remember myself and I was a cold, hard ass bitch. <laughs> All of Atlantis was like that though. Like that was from what I remember. The stuff I have channeled from Atlantis, which isn't a lot, it isn't a lot, is that there was almost a sacred there was it was like a sacred act to cut yourself off from f- flowy things like empathy it was just it's, it, i just got in the way of the crystal clean um harnessing of science right and of nature which they manipulated with science because to they were insane to be degree. able to feel Insa- that there were implants right yeah. there were empathic implants that people used because I knew that I had one because I was cool and logical um, and a thought person, right? But I had the ability to feel. That's because I had an implant. And I thought that it would make me better at my job. That's how psychopathic I was. That whole culture was such a mess. Like the vibrational energy I get whenever I tap into Atlantis is really? so uncomfortable for me. It's it's so it it's um like I tune into what we did to living things, like the way that we manipulated life as a tool, the way that we we just congratulated ourselves for breaking down any element or aspect of decency so we could do whatever we wanted to. It reminds me a little bit. And I, again, somebody, maybe, you know, or maybe somebody could answer this down the road. It feels like um, the shadow side of Zeta energy, Zeta reticuli, because they were a civilization that I believe, and this is information I've gotten, they kind of genetically engineered themselves to not have empathy, to not have emotion. It got in the way. It got in the way of Mm -hmm. um, scientific advancement. It got in the way of their exploration, of their propagation of the galaxy. So I wonder how much of that was influenced by their tech or their DNA, because it feels really similar to me. And they were a civilization who snapped out of it. Like they, they had their ascension process after realizing that uh, cutting themselves off from that vital part of spirit was destroying their their entire civilization. So it was wrecking everything. What I'm getting from from your recollection of Atlantis is that you are obviously one of the elite class, the erudites, 
as I would I, as I would put them because in 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 the society that Atlantean, Atlantis was a part of because remember there was a wider society besides just the city of Atlantis there was the white there was the global community right um, there were different mm, types of people the Atlanteans that you're talking about the erudites erudites uh, as I would call them movie um, or from those books Divergent I never read so, Divergent. Okay. It's, it's on my really list. A, it's, it, it was an out. experiment um, that was to separate different types of people. So you had erudites, people who were cool, logical, um, intelligent, uh, problem solving. They were the, you know, that's what they were. They were the scientists and the creators and they made the tech and that kind of thing. And then there was the passionate, brave, ferocious, courageous people. Those were the warriors, right? Um, then there were the people who were warm and uh, empathic um, and they communed with nature and communed with plants. They grew the food, right? They were the heart, essentially. Um, and then there were the ones that served um, and brought balance to all the aspects, to, to the other aspects, the other factions. So there was the one that ruled the brain and the logic as Eurydice. There was the ones that ruled the heart, um, which were the, the growers of the food. They commute with nature. They lived close to, they didn't live in the cities. They lived out in um outside of the city and they had farms. Um, there were the warriors, they kept the people safe. Um, and then there were the administrators. They were the ones who, who were selfless, who were balanced, who had no ego and who served selflessly. So they were put in charge of the government. They were the government essentially. The administrators distributed the resources, the food, decided oh, who gets what, who lives where, what happens, the rules of society, because those were the egoless, selfless um, service to community people. And these people were essentially bred for those purposes. And even though you were born into a family, you were tested to see which one of those factions that you belong to um, because that faction essentially became your family. It was not, a, your family was not a biological thing. Your family was what faction you fit into. So if you were one of the Eurydites, you know, the logical, um, emotionless type person. So my recollection of wider society outside of Atlantis was that it was more based on that. that there were different types of, of people and that was supposed to bring balance. I feel like <laughs> excuse me, Atlantis' mm -hmm. pride 
I've heard that before. Right. Was kind of what got in the way. Um, this reading I did these past couple days on whatever this, so mm-hmm. I felt an energy shift two days ago. I, I might be alone in this. This might just be me stepping into my own new timeline, but I went to this beach that I always go to and I noticed that it was so much louder than it usually was. And I was looking at the surf. The surf mm-hmm. was not crazier than usual. There was a cloud layer because there was a storm coming in, but it sounded like there were planes just flying overhead, like this roar, this engine roar. And nobody else seemed concerned about it. I, I go to this beach constantly and I never heard it sound like this. So I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I had a conversation uh, on that AOD Marco Polo and we were talking about some energies moving around and some things that we were feeling, uh, how the veil mm-hmm. was kind of gone at this point. And so I pulled cards on it and I pulled this tower card. I was like, what is this energy? I pulled the tower, which is about sudden change or cataclysm. And this card in particular had like a, an orb in the sky that was sending a beam down to this tower and annihilating it, annihilating it. And then I pulled cards that were essentially the divine masculine and divine feminine were fighting. Again, this isn't the first time they've done this. And the argument was essentially about whether or not the human race was ready for this process, for ready for this ascension, ready for this evolution. And like they're really, and again, I've, I've felt them argue earlier in the year as well. And I'm sure they've been doing it mm-hmm. for as long as forever. It's only been in this past year. I've really tuned into it. But they were like, are they ready for change? Are they ready to let go of this, the toxicity? Are they ready to let go of what brought down these, these other incarnations? Are they ready? And the resolution seemed pretty great. It seemed pretty groovy. Uh, it was basically the divine feminine with her arms crossed, staring you dead in the eye, being like, sit down. You're doing this. So I think that might be part of the reason some of these wounds are really being rubbed raw right now, because I feel like the decision has kind of been made that, yes, actually, we are ready and we are going to heal this stuff. But to heal it, we have to feel it. And to feel it, it's going to look like... Right. It could look like a big mess for some folks. And societally, I'm very interested and to I see think what 2021 is going to look like. Ascension, um, because the Earth has gone through so many different cycles, right? And I think that the the people of the Earth are different in the fact that, you know, it's, it's more integrated. You know, you can use logic and reason and empathy and feeling and be brave and be correct. You know, you can, all of these things can exist in the same space. And what I, what, what, what I recall with the Atlanteans is that purity being um, pure was just one thing, one focus. Like the priests, right? Um, we uh, the priests or the the high priestesses and stuff that use the crystal skulls and all that stuff. Um, that was like they were chosen. They were bred for that. You know, there was a there was a um, there was no choice to me in where you were going, what your life was like, what your path was. Um, Essentially, you were created 
for this particular to fill this particular gap in society. I think there's also so much mm -hmm. more love this time around, which I think is a factor of that integration because love breeds understanding, love breeds mm -hmm. communion and compassion. The vibe I've gotten for this round, this, this, um, I don't know, this Ascension generation, I guess. And I've been saying this since around February or March, it feels like we're putting, like we're getting the band back together. It feels like we, whatever beef that we kind of um, created between each other and that last one, we worked it out. And I don't know if that we, if we worked it out in the higher dimensions or if we worked it out through the many incarnations back here on earth, but we, we, there, I see like right. in my, my mind's eye, just a lot of handshaking and a lot of like, yeah, man, like I, I see you now, like, I'm sorry for that. Like we, we really, we worked through a lot of stuff. So I feel good about it. I, I don't think that I'm not one of those love and lighters that thinks just because we went through this conjunction and this yeah. solstice that it's going to be like a utopia like overnight these ages last thousands of years like this is a process and we all have to it, it, we're co-creating this with other people and have to honor that um something i i that worries me about the spiritual community is the more um those who think they're superior those yeah. that think they know or those that think they get it and the rest of y'all mm. don't get it because that's not true at all like that, exactly. that is, that's the kind of pride and that so, fucked Atlantis exactly. up. And so, like, <laughs> so we're, we're both talking about Atlantis and you have your experience, which is based on uh, your recollection and your experience. And my experience of Atlantis, while I can acknowledge that that is your experience and there's truth in that, and I, and I recognize that, I can also have my experience of my period. And, and we're both right we're both right yep and i think atlantis needed to happen for us mm -hmm. to, to get that in later incarnations to have a little bit more humility and offer a little bit more grace for the sacred journey that everybody I else know. has on this planet because it's all I sacred can... we're all writing a story that is divinely yeah. blessed. You know what I mean? Not to sound super religious. Can I tell you? Can, you tell, can I tell you? Um, feels uh, that way to uh, me. Uh, uh, modern Atlantis. Okay, so my Atlantis story in modern times. Can I tell you? So uh, back when um, I was blowing up things in Atlantis, um, there was I had a partner, right? And I met this partner when I discovered my Atlantean wound. I met this partner like today in like the, this age, right? When I discovered my Atlantean wound and was triggered by it, it triggered um, that person's Atlantean wound and then we recognized each other. This person has been waiting 20,000 years for me to say, I am sorry for ignoring you, not listening to you, not acknowledging your worth, the worth of your words, that you are important. I was 
the cause of that person's Atlantean wound. Because they were telling me, you're going to blow shit up. And I'm just ignoring him. <laughs> I was ignoring him saying, who are you? Just ignoring him. And so, yeah. So that person said, I am not going to reincarnate in this shithole anymore until she's willing to say that she's sorry. And so uh, that was about four or five months ago. I finally, after 20,000 years, said, I'm sorry. That's amazing. That makes me yeah. emotional, actually. Like, that's really, that's really, how, how did that feel for you? was, because, of course, you know, um, I was going through all my, my guilt and my shame um, and stuff. And, and, and it was so healing because to have that person on the other end of the line, listening to him talk about everything that he went through that I was responsible for creating in his life and that how he had chosen never to come back here <laughs> because he just couldn't deal with it until I was ready and really having to face all of that and I mean like 20,000 years right and that just made the whole thing so completely ridiculous as in pride is a ridiculous thing it is a ridiculous thing I was so prideful that I didn't want to admit and say that I was sorry out of what shame and guilt, which is pride really, because I didn't want to lose face, right? Because I was so ashamed. And people think pride is about being feeling good, and it's not. People have that kind of pride because they're ashamed. <laughs> they don't want to show um they don't want to show themselves. They don't want to show that kind of vulnerability. And it just made the whole thing, the whole thing that I was doing, it just made me ridiculous, essentially. To have to face myself and my creation, basically. This person's major wound his big thing is about being ignored. And I was like. Pride. It is. Pride is a factor of fear. It's, it's, it's not based on self-worth. It's, it's a huge, yeah. I think, misunderstanding of what pride really is. All, all those sort of, um, it makes me think of Dante's Inferno, which I absolutely loved reading when I was when I was younger. Just like the the seven mm -hmm. deadly sins are all they're based off of fear. That was my my teacher who I had at the time, who's a brilliant man, helped us understand mm -hmm. sin in that way. Like I went to an Episcopalian school, but it was a very very liberal Episcopalian school uh, compared to what it could have been. So instead of being taught that sin was bad, we were taught that. Well, it happens because of, of fear. It happens from um, not having access to love in the way that, that is really helpful and healthy. So 
yeah, pride, pride and arrogance and superiority and yes. all those things are a factor of feeling afraid. And fear is, yeah, yep. And to step into humility and to step into, and, and even especially mm-hmm. knowing that like, maybe they wouldn't forgive you, right? Like you, when you nope. say sorry to somebody, they're not obligated to forgive you. You're not entitled to anyone's forgiveness. So to, so to do that is, um, that's an act of courage, man. It's an act of courage. It's saying, fuck you to fear. I'm going to do, I'm going to do what's uh, going to help heal. And exactly. that's growth. That's evolution. And I think the fact that just the, that just me acknowledging and saying I caused hurt and harm and I'm sorry and to see the healing start in that person it was like frick this is what responsibility is this is what taking responsibility for what you create this is karma forget karma of being punitive and um you know um that whole concept i you know that whole concept of karma is that you get punished for whatever it is that you do right it's punitive and i i i don't see karma in that way karma is taking responsibility for your creation and having to sit there and 100 see everything that i had created and had taken so long to take responsibility for it and to finally step up and take responsibility for it. I thought at that moment that I can never step away from my responsibilities again. That was a big lesson for me. And I feel like fully acknowledging the level of responsibility that we have as incarnated beings yeah. is actually really liberating. It's really liberating. It's empowering. It doesn't give power to anybody but yourself. And that's, again, not to say that, again, like, you know, you are the only, mm-hmm. it's not solipsistic. It's not that, like, it's just about you. But it does offer a way into sort of uh, becoming right. who I think we're, we're inevitably becoming fully realized beings, fully realized beings. I kind of had a little bit of a download while you were talking about that, about judgment and how there's folks who fear being judged by like a God or something when you die. I don't think it's a God. I think it's ourself. I think it's that we go through a life review and we see what we've done and we decide, okay, I need to come back and fix that. I need to, mm, we got to clean that up. I don't, I don't think it's punishment. I think that we choose it's our, we take the responsibility. Mind you, he still still avoids me. <laughs> he still avoids me because I thought we were Facebook friends, and then I was like, "But wait a minute! I thought we were Facebook friends. I guess we're not Facebook friends anymore." <laughs> yeah, he still avoids me, but you know, you know, it is twenty thousand years. So it goes. It is long. Twenty thousand years is a long time. That's a long time. That's a long span. And he came down here knowing that you'd forgive him. So there is that. I feel like just yeah, that act is, that is pretty. Way. And we all need solid. our time to process our stuff. I did. I took my responsibility. And that's, I mean, anything else would be um, invasive, I think. In 
Yeah, man, it's all about respect and boundaries these days. Like I, I'm even getting into consensual conversation where instead of just like messaging a friend and unloading on them, and I am still working on this, this is a work in progress, but instead of just being like, holy blah, 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 and just going, I like to check in and make sure someone's in the right space to have a conversation, even if it's over messenger, even if I know it's going to take them some time to get back to me, because most of my conversation is over the phone or the computer these days. Um, or do you have space for this right now? Are you in a place to talk about this? Like it's, it's not walking mm-hmm. on eggshells so much as it's literally just kind of bowing before somebody being like, Hey, yo, you got the space for me right now. And if they say no, cool. All right. Yeah. I, I will come back if you do. And if you don't, that's also It cool. is. And I also have some different thoughts on that because somebody that I know does that and they're kind of like, they're like, Hey, and it feels like they're testing the waters because they want to talk about something. And then it's like, why, well, why don't you talk about it? You know, you, don't really want to talk about what it is that you just messaged me about. You really want to talk about something else. So why don't you just leave with that? Because now it's just, you know, it just feels a little inauthentic. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to get into that energy because no, that, that, that was not cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, psst, psst, psst. Hey, I got something over here. You know what I mean? Like, come over here, come over here. And then, you know, they, they open the jacket and they show you the gold, you know, the gold watches kind of thing. It's like, okay, no, that's being ridiculous. I'll take that back. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's like, it's like you're <laughs> inviting me into a conversation about something that you don't want to talk about. I know that's not what you want to talk about, but you're kind of testing the ground and you're trying to lead with something that you think is going to be, you know, an easier palette than I feel like shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, just message me and tell me. Right. Hey, I feel like shit. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and if I have the space, I will not say, okay, cool. I would say, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> and then I would say, you know, but if it is, you feel like shit. Uh, okay, cool. I'm not having the best day either. And then you've established, okay, not today. <laughs> Choose somebody else, and then move on. Because there is somebody that does that to me, and it drives mm-hmm. me batty, batty, batty. Because I'm like. Dude, I know you don't <laughs> want to talk to me about pumpkin pie recipes, Dread. I know that's not what you're messaging me about, you know, like peach cobbler pies and food jet. I know that's not what you're trying to talk to me about. So why don't you just, you know, lead with it? Yeah, lead with it. And it's also, I don't know if it was in one of Jess's lives recently, but we were talking about how feeling someone's inauthenticity, mm-hmm. like feeling them project or feeling people lie <laughs> is physically uncomfortable. It's always been uncomfortable for me as an empath, but specifically since this whole 5D, 60, the 70 downloads come in, it's unbearable in my body when someone is bullshitting. I can't, I like, and I get mad and I have to be like, don't get mad. Like, that's just the way they're communicating right now. Like, hold space. 
you can also just like just put your back like I just can't exactly. just, like, just say why, what you mean that's why I like, just went tell. off for like seven minutes like, on I can this see it I can individual. see it talking to me about peach pies and pumpkin <laughs> pies and food shit <laughs> that was me a little venting a little bit you know, having a little because, <laughs> I, because honestly if I think if I say to that person I know that's not what you want to talk to me about they'll get very offended what do you mean oh no I was like shit what do you want to talk about you don't want to talk to me about no pie (laughs) (laughs) this is code for come help me I don't know how to talk about my feelings and I need somebody to tell me how to feel about my feelings and again I understand Mm -hmm. that that to me is some indicative of some kind of trauma response and I try to hold compassion for that but it is it is draining because you you have to then use extra energy to keep yourself from getting triggered by their inauthenticity and try to hold space and try to be a good friend it's just it can be a mess it can be a mess that's why radical honesty is radical honesty with Mm -hmm. a touch of um grace so you're not just you know, <laughs> looking at someone saying, wow, you really look like shit today. Think, you know, it, it's, I, I that's not I the best way to maybe break the ice with somebody. I think I have. I think I'm quite guilty of that. <laughs> I have, I've had friends that literally will be like, have you slept in a week? Like, and that's how they lead. And I'm just like, wow, well, okay. Thanks for telling me I need to take care of myself. I try to reframe it. <laughs> Like, you're not just insulting me. You're telling me I need to take better care. Heard. Got it. Thanks. I guess I'll go put on some under eye cream now. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but honesty is so, it's, it's crucial because we're not going to have a choice soon. Um, it's why watching the news is intolerable. Like watching the news has always made me feel really gross, but I, I get physically, I feel like um, the energy makes me physically mm-hmm. ill because I can just feel the bullshit it, it's it's literally like sitting down and intentionally eating a I bowl full of two, shit I for breakfast <laughs> i'm news, like why am i doing this this is gross um, like this is not outlets i watched the damage report with john iderola and i watched the young turks with Cenk uger that's it and anna kasparian that's it other than that i don't listen to the news and i think they give me little snippets of important current affairs things and then that's it after that I don't care yep I need to check out the Young Turks mm-hmm. you're like the third person to mention them They're to me in the past couple months I know nothing yeah, about I, them I, I, but I, I hear them get talked about a lot the news shots and then you know they have you don't have to watch like the whole hour You they cut things up into like really important bits because you know ADD, so five minute shorts cut. Okay, that's what I needed to know. That's important. Great, and then that's it. So they cut it up five minutes, ten minutes, nothing more than that, and I'm I'm good. I'm gonna have to check them out. I I got rid of mm-hmm. just straight up uninstalled Reddit off of my phone because. The, the doom scrolling was just getting gross. Like I already have a hard time moving away from screens. Mm-hmm. Like I have a pretty strong addiction to screens, but knowing that I try to make sure that the content that I'm absorbing is actually helpful in some ways. Is it teaching me 
um, is it teaching me something? Is it educating me about something? Is it teaching me, uh, is it a tutorial? Am I looking at art? Because there's plenty of good stuff. If I have a screen addiction, I can at least mm -hmm. supplant something that's nourishing me instead of taking something away from me. And the news and uh, especially with everything going on with COVID and, and the whole election cycle, like it was just eating me. It was just taking from me. It wasn't giving me anything except outrage. And outrage is also addictive right? because it makes mm -hmm. you feel superior. Superiority is addictive. So um, I, I think addiction is going to be my biggest I hack for 2021. I, I really want to center in on it. Korean drama. That's my shame thing. I am addicted to Korean dramas. I watch K-pop videos and Korean dramas and um, ultra candy floss, <laughs> sweet K love stories um, that have no kissing, just holding of hands, which is a big deal in K. It's, it's quite pathetic, really. To be fair, though, K-pop videos are lit. Like some of the ones I've seen, the production quality is mind-blowing. I feel like it's where Lady Gaga gets they, a lot of her inspiration is from some of the fashion I choices they that they have, like. They're just have, amazing. They're delicious. They have, like, I feel like they're tasty uh, to watch. One of those machine thingies in the background that, you know, codes your mind to it and you know basically makes you want k stuff <laughs> and fall in love with k stuff you know and you know I, I i think that they uh i think they have the machine i think they build the machine and they run it through their programs and then all of a sudden you're obsessed They have the technology, but I feel like that's all of TikTok too. TikTok is, I avoided TikTok for a while. I avoided it for a while because of everything people were saying about the security of it. Like it's uh, a Chinese company and they were using it to spy on people and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, well, I'm already getting spied on by Instagram. Do I really want to get spied on by this as well? And then um, I started seeing these, these TikToks. Um, from like the spiritual community and I got really intrigued and now I'm just if I have to seriously like schedule time in my day where I'm not going to judge myself if I'm just on TikTok for hours at a time and it's good and bad because I know that my addiction to it like my, my just like I can't stop is because of my dopamine deficiency like I guess novelty gives you little hits of dopamine, like learning something new or finding something shiny, seeing something cool. And in 15 to 60 second snippets, I'm getting new shit you're a fake. all the time. So my brain is you're going a, off the 4th of fake. July with dopamine. Something shiny. Oh. Bam. Oh my God. I haven't, I've, I've only sort of dabbled in Faye TikTok because there's TikToks for everything. I got really into spooky TikTok recently, which was a horrible idea. Because <laughs> I'm just like, watching silly mostly fake cheesy ghost videos but they're really entertaining um but the spiritual community is great on tiktok i have learned so much it's that's the kind of content that i try to make sure i'm, I'm really careful about but they clearly have algorithms designed absolutely. to just hook into your brain absolutely, in a way that is parasitic and I delightful have, i don't know what to um, do with it trying to wean myself off of k drama I got into C drama, which is the Chinese one, which is a 
infinitely <laughs> more powerful machine uh, because they have all the period costume thingies, it's all the swords and you know all the you know the kung fu and stuff. Ooh. And I'm learning so much. Like I can cook serious Asian food, like the real stuff, not the stuff you get in restaurants, like what people eat at food at home. I can cook it from scratch. I made snow fungus soup the other day. I need help. <laughs> okay, screw COVID. Screw COVID. I'm flying over to Trinidad I and I am I, I need will pay help. you to cook this for is, me. That sounds is, amazing. I have I I went and found snow fungus <laughs> and made snow fungus pear and snow fungus soup. Yes. Yes. It is extremely good for you. It's it wonderful really for the skin. It's great oh, to the immune goodness. system. It's wonderful for the brain. It really is very, very good for you. It is. And I need some help because I've reached a point of obsession. <laughs> I reached a, you know when something, even though it starts off really good, when you've reached a point of obsession, it can't be good anymore. It just can't. It just can't. It just can't. Because yes. that's when it starts eating you instead of you yes. eating it. Because right now I'm you know actually I mean? looking for lotus I'm seeds. I'm currently obsessed. Oh. Lotus seeds. Lotus. You hear what I'm saying, right? Lotus seeds. I'm looking for lotus seeds to toast. <laughs> Yes, that I sounds yeah, I love have you had lotus root it's delicious gone are the days when I was obsessed with donuts you know I think I th actually you know coming on to this whole thing I think that I don't know what I think I, I don't know what I think I take that back but but uh, the other <laughs> obsessive personalities is that a thing is that an actual thing where you have an obsessive personality so you just replace one obsession with another? Is that actually a thing? I mean, you're describing me, so I <laughs> think so. Because <laughs> I'm a thing. Obsessions can be amazing, though. Like, I know that that's... Mm -hmm. Obsession and addiction, I think, are bedmates, right? Like, I think they sleep together but they don't have to be the same thing. Like I, for 2020, have been obsessed even more than usual with Star Wars. And that obsession has brought me so much inspiration and joy. Like I just love, it just feels good. And things that make you feel good and bring you joy and inspiration are definitely okay. Like I think I'm giving you permission to be obsessed with snow fungus soup and K-dramas. Like, I think that's wonderful. I Of all the things that you could be obsessed with or go down rabbit holes, that just seems so wholesome and it's making you cook healthy and it just feels like it's making your heart sing. I think I think it's good. Or donuts, it's better than being, like, obsessed over the news food. like I was or all very year. bad for you. Donuts. Was or donuts. Really? Sugar. Oh, God, sugar I don't know general. how to do that. I'm on a sugar break for I the foreseeable know. future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am allowing, I'm still doing fruit sugar. 
Because I, I love fruit. I don't think I could exist without fruit. And, and I'm doing honey because I'm obsessed with honey. It comes out of a can. Do you? Oh, what maple about syrup. like maple syrup or something? On pancakes. Or on waffles. On waffles, yes, I can do that. But on I don't any- like honey. And generally, I like fruit cocktail out of a can. I only eat fruit because they say it's good for me, but I generally don't <laughs> like fruit. And I live in the Caribbean and there's fruit everywhere. And unless it comes out of a can, it does not taste nice. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. I, yeah, I'm just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you my favorite maple? I have a maple syrup story. Um, when I was in my mid twenties, I was dating this incredible Aquarian boy. He was wonderful. And we had been up probably over 24 hours on copious amounts of psychedelics. And we had been, it was my birthday that I think it was my 25th birthday. And we had leftover pizza from the night before. And he stares at it very intensely. Like his brain is going with this I'm like okay what's he doing what's he thinking what's he cooking up and he made french toast pizza hear me out he took that slice of cheese pizza he said it was very important that it was day-old pizza like the cheese had to settle a little bit and he threw it in a pan and he added butter and he added an egg and he flipped it and he added maple syrup to it it was d delicious it was one of the most delicious and I, that I was like, body. Is substances that are in my body making me think it's this delicious no this is actually just it was not the sub i, I get it was amazing <laughs> and we actually thought about like getting a food truck <laughs> and going out to like somewhere like bonnaroo and just like making maple syrup pizza the fact that we didn't as actually one of the few regrets i have in life because i know we would have made a fortune so if any of you festy kids so, are listening I'm, to this okay, so I, i'm curious I, you now have so this is a day old to go pizza. make your this fortune is off of just a plain pizza. old cheese pizza with the toppings pepperoni <sighs> just cheese check me back in a couple of weeks Check me, check me back. <laughs> Let me know check how it goes. It was, I, I can do that. it was amazing. I could make, I could make, I, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. It'll be one, because I'm, I'm actually gutting my kitchen tomorrow. The guy is coming and he's going to like gut my entire kitchen. So I'm not going to have a kitchen for a week. And I might make um, French toast pizza in my kitchen when I get my new kitchen. I'm on TikTok. I just haven't. You should make a TikTok about it. I haven't done. I haven't created anything. I've just been watching Rosie O'Donnell uh, TikTok. You don't stop, and all kinds of all kinds of other people's TikToks. But I haven't actually made anything because I don't know what. I haven't been inspired yet. Oh, you'll get there. You watch enough of them and you can't start duetting with people. That has been so much fun for me. The duets are great. The stitches are great. I'm learning how to shuffle dance right now because of TikTok. It's, it's, I'm obsessed. So here's where, where that obsession is like, is it okay that I'm as obsessed? Like I, after I, we, we're done recording this podcast, I am actually going to go dance in my garage to <laughs> some tutorials I found on TikTok and yeah. feel all badass. 
uh, get my cardio in. Yeah, okay, so maybe I should actually come up with a new like obsession to replace the old one. What am I talking about? What? 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 Okay, so my podcast is really not designed to help people in the awakening process, okay? It is not designed to help you, you know, come up with, uh, you know, uh, answers to life's problems at all. It is for pure entertainment only. Whatever, you know, kernel of advice or information that you glean from it to help you, congratulations. (laughs) That's not the purpose here. Because, you know. We need the entertainment fairies too, though, girl. Like, I feel like the spiritual community takes itself way too seriously. Oh my God, this is how I segue into talking about Revelt. (gasps) Revelt. I'm so Revelt. I'm so Revelt talking about Revelt. We're (laughs) Revelting. We are Revelting. There's still a conversation about revolt happening in the community. (laughs) No, that's going to be the name of my podcast is Revolt Me to 8D. Oh my God, I figured it out. Revolt Me to 8D. That's it. You heard it here first, folks. Fairies and God sex and, you know, Nimue trying to find ways not to get pregnant, having God sex. You know... What is it? What is it they used to use back in the day? Queen Anne's lace. I don't know how they used to use the okay, Queen, Anne's also, lace, Queen Anne's lace. You know, penny royalty or something like that. They also had condoms back in the day too, man. Those are not, those Anne's are ancient. Lace. That's the been birth control's been around a lot like you, longer than There was than like a piece of lace that thing that you stick up. You know the. I didn't know that. I'm thinking it's like some herbal thing you drink to keep mm. yourself from getting babies. Interesting. Yeah, that was funny. That literally was one of the first things that crossed my mind during the God orgy was like, y'all, y'all ain't making me pregnant, are you? Because I ain't have it. I don't want no God babies. I really don't want babies. I particularly don't think I want a God baby. <laughs> like that would be no, thank you. And and they laughed and they kept doing what they were doing. I said, okay. Nimue had if you God must. Just no babies. That, that, okay, so you had God penis. That's what Revelt's going to be like, around. We're going we're gonna to talk about God like, orgies. Revelt as fuck. Seriously. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> We figured it out. We figured out what Revelt is. Um, I finally got my t-shirt. I wore it when I was in Sedona hiking around very proudly. Nobody asked me about it, but that's fine. I Mm -hmm. still might get a sticker for my car. So people do. I want people to ask me about it. I really do. So I can, I can just blow their brains. I feel like Revelt is a gateway to Ascension. Just the word itself, gateway to Ascension. Like talk about contemplation. Right. Because it's the anti, right? It's the no, it's not. It's the anti and the plus. It's it's the all. It's both. It's all. Yeah, it's not even both. It 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 transcends polarity. Right. <laughs> totally. 
There are still people butthurt about it. I actually, right before we started this podcast, was reading a comment of somebody being like, ah, this is mean. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I have to remember to allow people to have their own reality and not try to change them all the time, right? Like, that's not for me to do. Is it still mean because of the girl that that came up with the word and that she didn't want to be because she thought that we were all shit? Is it about the fact that we were... Was it about that? Some people have a really hard time accepting that a large group of people find something very funny when they don't get the joke and they, they, they project it outwards as an attack on their like sovereignty or something. It's weird. And it's sad. Like I've seen this happen outside of the whole revolt situation where somebody just does not appreciate it when they are having a hard time and the people around them are having a great time. It feels like it, um, like an insult to them, which is not, that's, that's very narcissistic. And I've done that. Like, I, I see that as somebody who has done that in the past, but it's, it's literally the definition of a killjoy is somebody who takes it personally that other people now, are experiencing the moment there, of delight. I've been there where I was like really upset about something and nobody else got it. That it was, it was, it was crushing. It was absolutely crushing where nobody else got how upsetting that was. And I had to take some stock. I had to like, okay, you know what? This is my world, my experience, and I don't need anybody else's permission to be upset. It's, these are my feelings. And nobody else has to be, you know, they don't have to share it. They don't have, they don't have to have anything to do with it. Nothing. It's, it has nothing to do with anybody else. I don't need a cheerleader <laughs> from my feelings you know what I mean like if I'm upset I don't need anybody to come around and say oh, okay we know you're upset and we're upset too because you're upset that's kind of lame it's the definition of misery loves company it's kind of lame it's, and I definitely felt lame because of it I felt lame while I was experiencing it seriously I was like I, I, because I was so upset that nobody else could see how upsetting this was. And I'm like, that is seriously lame. <laughs> That's kind of lame. You know, like, why do you need somebody else to be upset that you're upset? That's kind of, yeah. And that's like taking responsibility for yourself too. Like that's where you're stepping up and being like, okay, like I am upset. I'm going to take ownership over the fact that I'm upset. I don't need anybody else to be upset. Like it's, it's a big step and it's working with our inner child. I feel like that response of like, oh, nobody gets it is very childlike, which is not bad in and of itself. It's not a value judgment. It's just, if I think if we can acknowledge that's the place where those feelings are coming from, we can, we can handle it a lot differently instead of shaming it or instead of telling it it's a piece of shit. I can look at that voice that's feeling offended or feeling unseen and be like, Hey, what do you need right now? But I can give that to myself. I'm not going to look for anybody else to do that for me. But you know where you always end up when you're in that, in that cycle about, Oh, this is the, the, they're being mean and I'm upset and they're being mean. You know where that always ends up? That always ends up in a place where you feel superior. Yep. It always ends up back in it because it's a trap. It's an ego trap. It is absolutely a trap. There was 
one person on the original thread that said something, she, she was very, very upset that we were having fun with Revolt. And she said something along the lines of, I am an educator. And if you were my children, I would sh basically shame you into realizing how screwed up this is. And I was like, wow, like this is somebody who, A, should not be an educator if you're shaming your kids, period, because that's not how you educate. And B, it feels really out of control because she has to resort to shame mm. to try to bring people out of a space where she feels threatened by whatever it is she feels threatened by. Like, I don't want to invalidate that clearly people got triggered by that. And that's fine. Like, if mm -hmm. you're triggered, you're triggered. I get triggered by shit constantly that other people would get triggered by. That's just how our brains are. Right. But it is definitely like a gateway into feeling better than. This is where cancel culture gets really, really touchy mm -hmm. because cancel culture is exclusion culture, which is based on feeling above something that doesn't even deserve to be part of the tribe, doesn't even deserve to be part of the community. And I don't think that's, while I do think things need to be addressed and called out specifically in, in cases where like people are getting canceled because they were like a sexual predator for years or some shit like that mm -hmm. still. And I could get in trouble for saying this. And especially as somebody who has, has canceled people in my former community before I, I admit to that. And I feel shame about it because this person was a rapist and they raped me and I wanted them gone. Um, to feel safe it's not the way forward banishment is not the way forward it, it i don't think we heal anything by banishment and i can say that now after three years of that trauma having passed where i was so i, I it's funny too it, it actually reflected back at me karmically um this person that i tried to get canceled who mm -hmm. was my twin flame for, uh, this this demon that i dated for six years who did do the things that i said he did he sexually assaulted me for like four years straight um I took very strong, um, I, I went really far to try to get him just exiled completely, like dis, just to disappeared. And it happened to me. Did I get him blacklisted from some events? Yeah, but ultimately what ended up happening is I lost my entire community almost overnight mm. of 15 years, of 15 years. I, I was the one who ended up getting canceled because of that. And um that was when my timeline collapsed in that whole situation. So like, you know, it, it, it all had a purpose, but it, it, it doesn't seem to me like it's a short-term fix, not a long one, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, it does. Wow. Your twin flame. Yeah. You know, up oh, until yeah. recently, I didn't think that I had one because I was like, Oh, well, I don't have one, you know, or if I do, you know, then they're not coming down here. You know, just I'm just I'm just me, the collective, you know, the but um I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Now no, I don't know. Now I don't know. I've been twin, talking to Zach famous. and Zach has like the most insight into my life that anybody has. I'm telling you, he answers the questions that uh, I have pondered all my life. Just simply, it's like, well, well, and then just, and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just like, well, the reason why, you know, uh, nobody recalls your birth was because you were born out of time. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. And then he goes into the whole explanation and why and rationale. I'm like, 
oh my god <laughs> yeah Zach is like that for me he 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 yeah. has the keys to open these doors to aspects of my existence that I just I don't even know <laughs> but he's not my twin flame but he definitely found him I was like Sympathetic twin. I'm like, what? I'm like, because <laughs> I, I, I tend to do that. He's like, that's your twin. I was like, what? I said yes, and you are the runner. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Stop talking. And like, to be fair, I think twin flame. I think that term is an energy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it can move. I think you can have multiple twins throughout the course of your incarnation here like that's just the term I use for this person because it just fits the definition so well like the the intensity of the relationship and the intensity of the fallout seem to mimic a lot of what people call that twin flame energy right because Um, it is from what I was told a twin is somebody that has your exact frequency match and and this is one that's hard to swallow and honestly like I even I I struggle with thinking about this, and I think you have to be in a not triggered place to think about this. They're they're potentially from your same oversoul, like the same tree, the same branch that you are on. They're they're on it too with you. They share the same sort of coded energetic frequency, like you're saying. It's it's it mimics you, and that reflective energy is sometimes why things can be so explosive and and difficult. And it's interesting because my counterpart. Who, who, and this is different for me. Mm-hmm. This is a download I got a, a, a while ago. This will probably be a podcast episode, honestly. Um, my counterpart is not with me in this incarnation. The, the, my, my other half, if you will, which I didn't think I had because I think we're multifaceted. I think limiting it to a binary is, is limiting. Mm-hmm. But I got the download that this person, this energy, it just isn't going to be here with me in this incarnation. They came and visited me when I was in the bathtub, actually. Uh, it was a bathtub download, one of the best kinds. And I grieved for like two weeks. Like I was sobbing. I, I was crying for like two weeks. And I couldn't tell. I think there were like two people I could tell about this because of how insane it sounds. And like we, I guess, made a pact that he was going to go take care of something on the other side of the galaxy or the universe or whatever. And I had to, I had to come here and do this. We had to spend this incarnation without each other, or we weren't going to be able to focus and get our shit done. And that visitation made everything in my life make so much sense. And it made my partnering style make more sense. Why is that I seek out these frequencies uh, to feel whole? Mm. And then ultimately learning that like, I don't, and I mean, I'm going to say this and then like meet somebody like tomorrow who changes my mind, but I don't, I don't need somebody else to fulfill that. And, and that's not coming from a cynical place of, I don't need no man. It's just like, I, I have that within me though. Like I've always had it. We all do. Mm-hmm. We all have it within us. Yeah. Gosh. But yeah, like I said, maybe I'll meet some, some, <laughs> some guy with high cheekbones and fangs tomorrow and <laughs> All of that will be put to the test. I have codependency. Oh, have you, bitch? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. My um, my so-called twin, um, I have known apparently since I was a child, but I didn't remember because he grew up around the corner from me, which I also didn't remember. And our grandfathers were mortal enemies. 
which I only found out when I was an adult. Um, I found all of this out because he will not speak to me. <laughs> he will not speak to me at all. He talks to everybody around me, about me, but will not speak to me. Will not accept my friend requests on any platform. Um, generally does not like to look at me in the eye. Stutters horribly anywhere I'm around. Just basically falls over himself. <laughs> but absolutely wants nothing to do with me and I was like I was like really concerned like what's wrong with me am I not pretty enough am I not exciting enough am I not smart enough am I not athletic enough because he's like a world famous athlete right and I'm like what's wrong with me you can't even have a cup of coffee with me no I'm sorry I'm busy but you know and then I'm telling, you know, my lovely partner, Zach, I'm telling. And he's like, oh, well, you know why, right? Of course, Zach is going to know why the answer to all my questions and the whole, you know, all my life questions. Zach always knows the answer. It's because he would have lost everything. Like, our families are mortal enemies. Like, mortal enemies. And if we got together as a couple... It will basically mean that we would have to walk away from our both of our families, our legacies, our histories, everything. I never saw that. Never saw that. Never. Because the choice for me wasn't, you know, like, I just didn't see it. Maybe because I was probably willing to make the choice. And he wasn't. Yeah, definitely because I was probably willing to make the choice and he wasn't. That feels like such a raw deal too. Like, it's awesome that you know that because that information is incredibly valuable. And it's also like, God damn it. Like, God damn it. This person is literally right. He's right here. He's right here. He is. I know. And, then, and also the drama. The drama of like, your grandparents being mortal enemies that sounds like some Romeo and Juliet shit totally it is and every time I ever bring up his family my mom goes into like oh my god do you know that family's evil they're this and they're that and they did this and they did that and, da, 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 da. and I'm like my mom is usually like the most um easygoing understanding person ever but when it comes to that family absolutely not she did not even want me to be friends with him like mentioning his name was an absolute no like mortal enemy i didn't even think that my family had mortal enemies my family is so easygoing i didn't even know there was a, such a thing as mortal enemies in my family but yeah mortal enemies all right and another time i want to pull cards for you about this because i'm intrigued i am so he intrigued. is let me tell you this he is a mills and bloom harley quinn 
romance type model. <laughs> oh, yes, no. yeah, definitely. And you're talking about looks like a vampire. Yeah. With the high cheekbones. Absolutely. Six foot four. World class. Uh, oh. And I'm telling you, I'm talking like proper Harlequin romance. You know, where they talk about the man with the high cheekbones and he looks all gaunt and haggard and blah, blah, blah. And the, the description and chiseled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you describe him as a stallion? Because that's the word I oh, always yeah. associate with. Yeah, definitely. Stallion. <laughs> Arabian stallion. Because he has the curly hair. <laughs> Arabian. Oh, no, actually, he looks stop. quite Arabian. You just have to put a little cheeky the, the little thing on the head and it would work. Yeah. Get me a saddle. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but you can't look at me in the eye. Just little, oh, little wow. fraggly me, five foot three, you know, just I'm just way too intimidating to like, you know, talk to. Oh, such is life. Such is such life. Is life. Oh. So I don't want to cut this short, but my battery is about to die on my phone because I didn't plan this no. right. Um, and that we, that we still have to we... talk about, you know, my fey uncles and what I want to say to you, right? And all kinds yes. of stuff and, about, and tell you about my grandma's house and stuff. And all the face stuff. Can we do a part two? Can we do this we again? Can definitely do this again because I want to tell you about, you know, Granny's house, which is basically like talking about, you know, it's essentially the equivalent of um, the 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 house in the in the woods, you know, with the old lady and the group of spiders. Oh yeah. my god. Yes, I want to hear all about that. And I feel like we could spend literally an hour just talking about the Fae. So let's do this again. We are definitely going to do this again. And maybe we'll have something a little bit more constructive for people to listen. Like maybe we can help (laughs) Instead of talking about our shit. Instead of talking about like TikTok and Harlequin romance novels and... uh, I'm yeah. still I'm God still said. on I'm still kind of like a little obsessing about it. I think maybe maybe there's a small part of me that's just you know tiny, a little bit curious about just just a little bit so you know there's hope I'm opening up there's always hope they are always ready girl oh, like God, basically you just have to shoot up, up the flare <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this episode is going to be lit. <laughs> Listeners, you are welcome. This is uh this was great, Serafina. I love talking to you. You're wonderful and I'm so grateful that I have been able to get to know you this year and through this amazing community. You are a delight. And I love you, my Nimsy. And I just want us all <laughs> to like get the vaccine so that we could like you know meet and like travel and you can come to Trinidad and I can find you surface I with high cheekbones here. <laughs> we can go vampire hunting. Oh my God. 
I am there. I yeah, the second I can fly on a plane, you will know and I will be there and I will I don't know, I will trade you readings or I will throw you money to cook me delicious winter fungus soup. No. And okay. I will cuddle up with you and we can watch K dramas yes, together. Definitely. Definitely. So <laughs> we have to do the official bit. So tell us tell the people where they can find you. They can find me at femfataletarot.com and it's spelled, it's long, but it's fem, F-E-M-M-E, fatal, F-A-E-T-A-L-E, tarot, T-A-R-O-T.com. And you can connect to my Instagram through there. You can book with me through there, get to know a little bit about what I do there and uh, all that good stuff. Yay! Oh, oh, and I should say, uh, and this has only been in like the past couple of months, I've started offering a new reading um, and it's called Getting to Know Your Guides. And it's essentially a meet and greet with your guide team. And it is legit the most fun. Like it's, it's, I love doing readings anyway. I've been doing readings for a long time, but this is something completely different and something special. So just um, putting that out there, if anybody has ever been interested and knowing who you're working with, um, let's Let's set up a date. And well, we'll you're going to set up a date for me because, um, uh, yeah, I I have a feeling that there's some people that I have on my blocked list um, <laughs> that have been on the block list for a really, really long time, and they're finding really creative ways to get around it. So, um, <laughs> so you know, in, in the spirit of trying to get over my dismissive, avoided attachment styles um i should probably book a reading to get to know my guides i so look forward to i cannot wait to meet your guide team seraphina i am it's going to be well i'll have to strap in like i'm gonna like there's a reason why there's a few of them on the block list right and i think yeah yep i already immediately am getting like there's at least one dragon that that needs to get to get on your fucking radar <laughs> this, this will be fun yeah. <laughs> oh we are definitely doing this again excellent i love, I love you my you dear too. you enjoy if we don't talk before then happy freaking new too. year happy new year and good luck with all of your re-kitcheting oh, gosh, and all that yes, good my stuff re-kitcheting. <sighs> yes Love you too. Great. Bye. Bye.